This is the Veritable Veteran Podcast, bringing truth and exposure to the struggles veterans and their families face post-military. What are you doing? This is my show. Um, not today. It's not. It's our show. Great. Hey everyone, I'm Evan. And I'm Lydia. You are listening to That Veteran and His Wife. Every week I interrupt my husband's podcast and we do a special episode together where we discuss the unique challenges veterans and their spouses encounter. Suit up. It might get weird. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, This week is going to be a little bit different, or at least this episode of this week. So my wife and I have decided uh, we're going to do a special episode. We're going to try and do it uh, weekly on Tuesdays because my episodes come out on Thursdays. We're going to try and do this one on Thursday, or I'm sorry, Tuesdays. So anyway, (laughs) um, yeah, so we have a Actually, you know what? I'll just go ahead and introduce my wife now because she's sitting here staring at me like I should. So, <laughs> this is Lydia. Hi, guys. <laughs> she's interrupted my podcast to come and speak because, you know, that's what she does. I like talking. We know. <laughs> wow, thanks. <laughs> so, we've... Uh, I have my Facebook page and my Instagram page, and recently I started looking for uh, pages that had, uh, or that were designed for veteran families and their spouses, Uh, and I just, I couldn't find a whole lot. There wasn't much out there, and that was not, uh, not okay with me, because it's, it's a need that needs to be met, and a gap that needs to be filled, and I started talking to Lydia about it, and we decided to come up with a, a page. So we just started simple. It's just called That Veteran and His Wife. And, and that's, that's on Instagram. Yeah. And that's what we're calling the the podcast as well. It's just these episodes is That Veteran and His Wife. And that way if someone asks, you know, what are you listening to? Well, That Veteran and His Wife. So <laughs> it's simple and silly and easy to remember, so... Yeah. Um, so <laughs> he just like turned and stared at me. He's like, okay, your turn. <laughs> Speak, <laughs> um, woman. So we just kind of wanted to start by um, just essentially sharing our story because honestly, and, and when I say our story, I mean back to, back to the beginning, like from when we met. And um, because I really feel like that's important. And so this could end up turning into a whole series yeah, <laughs> because we have quite, quite the story. You know, we say that, but then you look at the timeline and you realize how short it actually was. Yeah, yeah. Leading up to well, okay, well, we well, well, how we met yeah. being short, but I'm yeah. I'm just talking about like our just entire you know journey with the military and yeah, um, you know, and then post military and it. It, there's so much involved yeah. and it's just so well, and, and everybody has their own unique stories and we want to share ours and hopefully people can relate to it yeah and they can 
find uh, just encouragement knowing that they're not the only ones going through it. Yeah. And hopefully by us sharing openly and honestly, we can help other people understand that it's okay to be open and honest and they're not the only ones feeling the way that they feel because we've probably felt it and yeah. we've probably fumbled our way through it once or twice. So hopefully something we say can help someone avoid uh, having to go through some of the hardships and also, you know, we may have a tip or two. We're not professionals. We're not marriage <laughs> counselors. We're, we're not, uh, we're not PhDs in married life. Uh, but, but we are, yeah. you know, a couple who has been through a lot of, I mean, dark moments together and, you know, and we've, we've come out the other side. I mean, I, and I wouldn't even say like we've come out fully because you know, some no. of the, some of the things that, you know, we struggle with are still there. It's just, um, you know, you learn to manage it better. You learn to deal with it better. And, you know, and even in sharing this story, like I'll even be sharing some of my own like personal struggles that I, I know, know for a fact that, you know, other women listening to this podcast would, um, relate to, um, and especially if they're a mom, um, and that's not to say like, we're not turning this into a, you know, let's just share a family stuff, but, it, but all of those things affected, you know, it was compounded by the life in the military. Um, and I think that's one thing that a lot of people forget is the veterans get a lot of focus and a lot of attention Yeah, and there's a lot of programs and services for veterans, but not a whole lot for their families and the people that are closest to them, supporting them and trying to help them through what they're going through because they're left to pick up the slack when, you know, a veteran is dealing with whatever they're dealing with in the background. If, you know, if that person is married, they're dealing with, uh, or the, the spouse of that person is dealing with the fallout. They're mm-hmm. dealing with the kids. They're dealing with the work around the house. They're dealing with, you know, potentially having to get a job that they weren't planning on getting because the other person can't hold a job at that time or whatever it is. There's always slack to pick up and mm-hmm. those people get forgotten because, well, they're not the veterans, so they're not the ones dealing with the, the mental hardship or whatever. And they they get forgotten. And yeah. that's not that's not fair to them. And it's not it's not healthy. Because they're going to eventually be like, man, I'm doing all the work and receiving zero attention or not necessarily attention, but zero, zero help. recognition. Yeah. And, you know, and, and there <clears throat> aren't resources out there. You know, um, later on, we, we will talk about um, secondary PTSD and, and what that is and how that affects the spouses of um of military members and, and veterans, you know, suffering from PTSD. And it's a very real thing. Um, and, um, but we won't go like deep into that now that, that, that will be for a later episode. But, um, anyway, um, I guess we should probably get started, (laughs) get started with, (laughs) with sharing our story, you know, just kind of back, um, back to when we met. Um, yeah, I was in, uh, I was still in the air wing side of the, the Marine Corps, when I first enlisted, I was aviation support, and I ended up being an ordinanceman. And I've talked about this before in other episodes, but just in case someone doesn't know a lot of my past, I joined the Marine Corps straight out of high school, was an aviation ordinanceman, so I was loading bombs and 
working on weapon systems on aircraft, which sounds cool, but it wasn't. Um, <laughs> so um, I was not happy with it. But anyway, I, that's part of the journey. If you want to learn more about that, go back to the beginning and listen to some of the, the earlier podcasts. Well, like your first episode, basically, yeah. your, your story. Yep. First and, you know, there's, there's a couple there's a other couple episodes. There's a couple in there, you know. Just listen to all of them. It's fine. <laughs> If you have to listen to all of them, you need to start from the yeah, very just beginning. Start from the beginning and listen to all of them. It's fine. <laughs> just make your way through. Um, yeah, so he he had joined the military right out of high school, and I went to college, you know, right out of high school. And um, and what what's interesting is that I just always in my heart, as crazy as it sounds, knew that I would marry someone in the military. You know, I just feel like um, there are some people who are just more, um, I don't know, like like their heart. They have a passion for that. And my dad was in the military and I, um, my grandpa was in the military, you know, both of my grandfathers. And so our um, family had a major military history and I just, I had a major passion for our military. And, um, and I just like, for some reason in my heart just was like, you know, I think I'm going to marry a guy in the military. I just know it, you know, and, and you know, everybody, everybody, it's like, there's always that. Everybody's like, well, of course you, <laughs> of course you want to marry a guy in the military because every girl wants to marry a guy in the military. Uniform, TRICARE, <laughs> housing. I didn't even know what TRICARE was. I didn't even know what TRICARE was. I didn't even know you got a housing allowance, you know, all of that stuff. I knew none of that. I just knew that, you know. I was like, and, and honestly, I was content with the idea of not marrying someone in the military. I just, in my heart, just felt like, okay, I really think that this is going to be my journey. And, um, but I went all of college and, um, never really, never really had a date. And, um, you know, and, and there's just a lot of like journey in between, but how Evan and I met, <laughs> 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 okay uh. this is this is crazy so um so it was i i was home i guess the summer after my fourth year of college and i still had one more semester to go after that that year so that's why i say fourth year um and so it was the summer and i was a store manager at a cold stone creamery and um one of my employees um, was dating a Marine in North Carolina. I'm from Pennsylvania. Um, well, so is Evan too, but I'm from Pennsylvania and my one of my employees was dating a Marine in North Carolina. We were also friends outside of work. But how did they meet? Uh, online? Mm -hmm. yep. Oh yeah. They, they met, met online. They met online. So yeah. they met online through Christian Mingle. Oh, that's right. And that's right. They they were dating and that Marine happened to be my roommate. He was a guy that I went to boot camp with and hadn't seen for a couple of years and then we bumped into each other actually in Iraq at the Chow Hall. We bumped into each other and then uh when I got back, we ended up reconnecting on <laughs> of all things MySpace and that's <laughs> Talk about dating, dating about yourself, like, like <laughs> reconnected on the on, on the MySpace, um, and then anyway, he needed a roommate because he was going through some. He went through a divorce and he needed someone to move in to help pay for the 
the house. You know, the house and everything. <laughs> so, so I did, and that's how uh, I ended up being in that house. So, and then they met, and he was dating Lydia's friend, and then I was on Christian Mingle, and so was Lydia. <laughs> and this is wild. At some point, at some point, I I saw her profile. Yeah, and he hated it. And I was immediately like, and I'm out. He was repulsed. I was not repulsed. He was repulsed. Again, we've had this conversation (laughs) probably a thousand times. And she has admitted the picture she posted was not very flattering. (laughs) I think think it was honestly like, what... I don't remember. Like, you know, it was it was back at, you know, Facebook was just fresh and new. Yep. And, well, no, I mean, yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. didn't it start in like 2009 or something like that? I think it was 2006. But oh, was it? Was it? Still, oh, so, so it was, it was just but it in was 06, a couple years it was, young. It was just for college kids. It yeah. wasn't even like a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and so, you know, everybody's like trying to get these like model-esque pictures of themselves. And so yep. I like. <laughs> yeah. Lots of makeup, <laughs> an awkward pose, and I was like, eh, well, that's not what I'm looking for." So, moving on to the next. So, 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 we we uh, she I think she had sent me like a smile or something, whatever you did on yeah, you Christian Mingle for the non uh, version. Yeah, you like, like, like a wave or a, <laughs> you know, like the old Facebook pokes, you know. So, um. She sent something to me and I was like, nope. (laughs) So, so, um, well, and then I know that, uh, my roommate was talking about how he was, you know, dating this girl and he mentioned that he, that she had a friend that was going to come to come visit. And I was kind of like, okay. And then I think that's how I've initially found the profile. Was I, you know, he had said that oh, they were coming. Yeah. And I, I went and looked. You looked, and, looked it up. Because I, was I, like, I eh. think he had told you I was on Christian Mingle too yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And, um, but I will say the picture you had too, you were wearing like, you were wearing like goggles or glasses or something. You couldn't even really see your face. Weren't, was. I don't know, but <laughs> I'm sure it was amazing. So. <laughs> I mean, I was still attracted. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but. The okay, so us getting down there, like me and my friend, you know, getting down there was a wild story because I wasn't even supposed to go. Like that wasn't even in the cards, and um, and her car broke down like the week before she was supposed to leave or something, and she had taken off work. We had already gotten her replacements and everything, and um, she comes to me and she goes, Lydia, um. I, my car is in the shop and I was told I'm not going to get it back for a couple weeks. Would you mind driving me down and we just doing a girl's trip if I cover the cost? And I was like, you know, well, I'll talk to the store owner, see if we can get another manager to come in or blah, blah, blah. And, um, but I was like, sweet girl's trip, free girl's trip. Yes. I was all (laughs) about traveling. And she goes, you know, she tells me, you know, we're going to stay at my brother's house because her brother was a Marine in the area too. So I'm like, oh, okay. You know, her, her brother was married, had kids, you know, family, family person. And um, she's like, we're going to stay at my brother's house. And I was like, okay, awesome. And, um, and then we drive all the way down there and all of a sudden 
her, we were no longer staying at her brother's house. Apparently, well, they were they were very much staying at at my roommate's house. Yeah, and I was unaware of this. But and by it, staying, I mean <clears throat> they were staying. <clears throat> yeah. Well, she. Was <laughs> well, yeah. That, but, that's, yeah. But so um, you know, and so and and I don't know if that that information was purposely left out just because I think she knew I would not have been okay with staying at a house full of random bachelors <laughs> um and anyway so that was kind of sprung on me and so i got stuck sleeping in the man cave that had no door <laughs> <laughs> no door to yeah, it and i was no like door. oh this is fantastic <laughs> so they they get there and i was on i was on a a short deployment to ghana i had floated across on a LHD, which is a amphibious landing. It's an amphibious. I'm sorry. It's a ship that holds the amphibious landing craft for the Marine Corps. It's a flat top ship that the Harriers and helicopters can take off of, but it also hauls the LCAC uh, amphibious landing. Uh, anyway, the ships that they use. We floated across for uh, Obama. He had a trip over there. He needed uh, helicopters and all this stuff. So we did this like month long trip. Anyway, it was a good time. But anyway, I, I, I had just gotten back from that uh, just a couple days before. And I came home and I, I kind of ran into Lydia in the hallway. And then I, I saw you know her friend and I saw my roommate and all this other stuff. And I was kind of like, I'm going to my room. Well, we and, actually like literally ran into each other because yeah. <clears throat> I was carrying groceries in and you were coming out. Something. Or something. And like literally ran into each other. And, um, and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, and, and like, I mean, and he disappeared like super fast. It, it was just gone. And I was like, oh, okay. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so my initial reaction uh, was I knew what was going on, you know, with my, my roommate and her friend uh, and, and no, no judgment on them. I'm just saying I knew what was going on. And as a young Christian man, I was trying very hard to avoid getting caught in that trap. Um, and I I thought Lydia was kind of the same way. So I was like, ah, I'm just going to go hide in my room and lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so anyway, that that was my initial perception was I don't want to associate with these people because it, I didn't think that her values matched with mine. Right. And I was very wrong. And and he was um, worried about it being like a dangerous slippery slope. And yeah. So he just kind of avoided it altogether. And that's not to say that I was perfect or anything. I just knew that I was saving myself for my wife and I didn't want to put myself in a situation that would, you know, potentially compromise that. Uh, and so I was, again, trying to do the right thing. And I was just kind of like, hey, I'll be polite, but I'm going to go hide in my room and just stay here. <laughs> So I kind of did initially, and then I think it was the next day I, I came down to make, because I was working nights, and I had to come down to make my lunch, and I, I made some rice or something. It was one of those well, instant rice packets or something. Well, and you know, and you were also, you were like cleaning the kitchen, and I remember coming coming down the stairs and walking into the kitchen, and I'm like watching this guy like cleaning the kitchen. I'm like... I've never heard of like bachelors like 
actually like taking care of their space (laughs) but he was straight up cleaning the kitchen he was making his lunch washing everything and putting it all away and um and i don't i i don't know if i came in and i just like made a joke about like being surprised to see a guy like cleaning the kitchen or some i don't know i don't remember but we got to talking and then realized like wow, we actually did like share the same values and, um, (laughs) and had a very similar upbringing and, and then found out we both were from Pennsylvania, (laughs) which is wild opposite sides of the state. But yeah. Um, I mean, it just started the, the ball started rolling pretty quickly as far as developing a relationship, you know, whether it was going to go anywhere. Uh, we didn't, you know, obviously weren't sure, but it was, it was clear that we had a lot in common yeah. right at the beginning. And then um, well, I was showing her pictures of the boat and the, the sunset and the sunrise on the ship. And somewhere in there, she mentioned that she had never seen a sunrise. And I was flabbergasted. Yeah. I was like, what, have you never been outside? <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? No, but you have to understand, I lived in the suburbs of Philly. So, like... You know, in order to see a sunrise, like like a nice one, yeah, a nice. Yeah. I I definitely never seen a sunrise by the water. Yeah, like that was just n- never ever happened, and um and so so I had to go to work, and then we ended up exchanging numbers. Yep, um, we texted all night, all night, all night, all. and this you know. <laughs> I feel like we're, we're missing a little bit here because there was a time that I came home from work at least twice when I came home and I pull in the driveway and I look up and the light in the man cave is on the lamp and I'm like, doggone it. Like, why is this light on? Like, why are we leaving? The light? It's like, you know, and I'm coming home from work and it's like two in the morning. Okay. So there's no reason for this lamp to be on. I get up there and there's this female sleeping on my couch. Just has the lamp this was, on. This was before. This is before I know. we got to talking. Yeah, so, so there was like a couple there was of like days. A, there was like a day or two. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't long, but I always forget about that. So I then know, yeah. like, I go over and I like reach over her and like turn the lamp off and I was like, wasteful. <laughs> like, <laughs> Not me. He means like the electricity. Yeah. No, no, I know. I was like the wasting electric- the electricity. Jeez. <laughs> so then I go lay down, you know, and then yeah. I come home the next day and it's like, the same thing it's it's on again i'm like what really like you didn't get the message so i walk over and i like turn it off babe has anything and... has anything changed since then no not even a little bit i always fall asleep with a lamp on <laughs> we uh... have lamps on separate sides of the bed he has a lamp on his side i have one on my side and to this day i, I fall asleep with my lamp on every night <laughs> every night Anyway, so <laughs> that was, and if I'm not mistaken, I'm fairly certain you told me at one point that you realized that I was the one turning the light off and you left it on on purpose. <laughs> I think the se- I think the second night I did, like I realized that because well, I was intrigued. I was intrigued by this ghost in the night because I, <laughs> he, I never saw him. Like, literally, it was like I never saw him. So I was just intrigued by this guy who kept disappearing. And, um, but yeah, anyway, so then fast forward to we exchanged numbers. Yeah. And then that night, 
you... Well, I, I came home. I ended up having to work late, like really late. Because I went in at about 4, and when I got off around 4. It was a 12-hour thing. Um, and that night I ended up having... And sometimes we got off around like 2. It just If we were done, we could get off early. If we weren't, we had to stay late. I didn't get off work until... Five or six that morning. Yeah. And I got, I, I rushed home because I was like, I'm going to see if she wants, it was my, I had a day, or no, it wasn't a day off. It was just, I was off, you know, I was supposed to go home and go to bed, but obviously I wasn't going to do that. So I drove home and I was like, I went in there and I woke her up and I said, Hey, like, do you want to go see the sunrise on the beach? Cause we were only a couple miles from the beach. And I was like, uh, yeah. And she's like, yeah, I mean, duh. And I'm over here like, oh, she actually said yes. And it's funny because every time I've told that story, all any anybody's girlfriend or wife that's sitting there is like, what did you think she was going to say? You asked her to go see the sunrise on the beach. And me as a man, I'm like, I don't know. I assume she'd probably be like, I'm tired. And I'd roll over and leave me out and just ignore me. Because that's what I would have done probably. I don't know. I, anyway, I just was dumbfounded that she said yes. And we went to the beach and... We had a horrible sunrise. <laughs> we weren't even because we were the right facing direction. the wrong. So apparently, <laughs> apparently, Topsail Island faces south, not east. So we're 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 staring to the off into the ocean, waiting for the sunrise. And lo and behold, there it comes off to our left, like ninety degrees off from where we, we're looking, and it was covered by clouds yes. until it was up. And I was like, "Well, this is like the lamest sunrise ever." Uh, as far as sunrises go, it was terrible, but uh, it was obviously one of the most memorable mornings of my life. Yeah. Um, I mean, we ended up talking for, for four hours, four hours straight, and and there was a very, like, pitiful... Pit, 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 pitiful. <laughs> pivotal moment um, during that conversation where I, I genuinely, like, thought, I was like, I'm going to marry this guy. Yeah. Like, I'm going to marry this man. And, um, and I just like knew and, um, you know, then after, well, we went and I think we got coffee. Yes, we did. And then we started and, and getting text very, messages. Well, no, I mean, and I, and I will add, he got in, he got introduced to my coffee addiction <laughs> very fast because <laughs> he's, he's, he offers to pay for my coffee. And I was like, um, what was I like? Is it okay if I get an extra shot? Yeah. And then we're like two, <laughs> yeah. you know, most people, when someone else is paying for your coffee, you'll like try to go for like the, you know, least amount. But I'm like, at the time I was, <laughs> I was drinking highly caffeinated coffee and I just went for it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I would have said yes, if she wanted to order like four of them, because I was just <laughs> trying to impress, you know. So we we get our coffee and then we start getting text messages from oh my word. her friend and my roommate asking us where we were because I had never uh, my car wasn't home. My roommate usually he would wake up and see my car and then he knew that I was in bed and we were always looking out for each other. And he was like, "Where are you? Are you okay? Like, did you get into a car wreck? Like, did you ever come home? Like, what?" And by this time, it's like ten in the morning. Right. So it's you know. I should have been home and asleep at this point for several hours. 
And, and they all of a sudden they realize they realize Lydia's not there, and they're like, "Oh my goodness, what happened to Lydia? Like, she's gone." They they like never put two and two together that we could possibly be together. <laughs> like they genuinely thought that he he got into a car accident, and I somehow got kidnapped yeah. from the, from inside from the house. Inside the house. <laughs> Just did not occur to them that we would be together. <laughs> so then we start laughing, you know, responding like, "Oh no, we're together," and then they were like, "Oh oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah." So, so, so then, yeah. um, well, that just, I mean, without, without drawing it all out, like super long. So basically that just ended up becoming this whirlwind, you know, you know, my friend and I went back to Pennsylvania and, um, <laughs> and that, that, that trip home was interesting because I'm on cloud nine because he asked me if I wanted to, if we wanted to date long distance and I'm on cloud nine and that same weekend, my friend and her boyfriend broke up. So she's bawling the whole way home and I'm, and I'm trying to be sympathetic as I'm like <laughs> grinning <laughs> ear to ear. <laughs> uh, oh my word. That was the most interesting car ride home. But then about two yeah. different yeah, yeah, swings of emotions there. <laughs> so funny story uh the day that lydia and her friend left i had to go to work before they left they ended up staying until i left for work and i left for work at probably like three maybe something like that and they were gonna leave that evening and we were on the front porch and we were we were hugging (laughs) yes we were hugging and and i being the romantic that i am decided to go in for the ever affectionate Eskimo kiss with my nose. <laughs> and I was just going to nuzzle with my nose. And my intention was very much miscommunicated. And as I went for her nose, she went for my mouth. <laughs> she was going to lay one on me. She she was all about it. And then- and, and when I realized that's like it was like one of those like one of those like split moment like oh no no I was like I realized like right before contact happened I was like wait this is not what he abort 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 pull up abort so so we end up awkwardly like hugging and just kind of sit in there like. You know, you know those movie scenes where like both of the people are like eyes open, like looking at the like, talking to themselves and they show the camera from different sides. That's what was going on. Yeah. And she was mortified. I was mortified. And and I, I felt bad. So of course, being the chivalrous gentleman that I was, I returned and saved her from her awkward moment and kissed her. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, I had to. I just, was, I, know. I had to. I didn't I have a choice. My, my knight in shining armor. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It was hard. I had to do it. So, so uh, anyway, we ended up kissing. And then, that was nice. And then, and then I left for work. Uh, and then she left for, you know, Pennsylvania. And then we started dating. And then, uh, let's see. Well, that more was like just August. Talk, talk dating. Well, yeah. That was August. <laughs> Um, then there was September 
and then October, and we got engaged in November, mm-hmm. and married in December. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was pretty fast. Um, yeah, anyway. But, you know, and so so that is our, you know, how we met, and... Um, <laughs> So anyway, you know, we get married and then, you know, before, now before we got married, you had secured an apartment, I believe, for us. Like. It was one of those, like, right. Yeah, like right before. It happened at the same time. It's a blur because everything was, that was wild. I mean, honestly, our, everything had, I feel like from the moment we met, our life has been in fast forward motion, you know, because then in February, got de- married in December. In February, we find out we're pregnant with yep our first. Um, so it, we we had this great five year plan of we're just gonna get married and hang out and be this cool married couple, and then you know no kids, and then God was like, yeah, I hate that plan. Yeah. So we're gonna do it my way. And we had a kid. <laughs> We've apparently learned that birth control does not work for us. <laughs> three of our three of our kids <laughs> were uh, yeah. birth control attempts. Yeah, obviously mm. <laughs> does not work. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh. then, um, so then we had our first son, mm-hmm. and um, two months later, you deployed. Yeah, I think it was because he was born September. Yeah. And I deployed in, well, I had to go to training out in 29 Palms, pre-deployment training. So I left almost immediately after he was born. Yeah. And then um, came back from that and then deployed to Afghanistan. And that was, we were going to relieve uh, 1-6 and 2-6. No. We were relieving two six, second battalion six marines because they had relieved one six and three six who had cleared Marja. They did the push into Marja with I think it was maybe two eight and two four. I can't I can never remember the other units because I, I wasn't I didn't have a whole lot to do with them. Oh, and to clarify, um, he had like lat moved into infantry. Oh yeah, like immediately after we got married. Yeah, we got married in December. We got settled in. In January, down in North Carolina, I was still in the air wing, going through the process of re-enlisting and moving into the infantry. On March 11th, 2009, no, 2010, uh, I got to my infantry unit and began my infantry training at at SOI. So then, finished all that, went to it, went to 3-9, immediately started into the workup, and then... Uh, that first year and a half was such an absolute blur. Yeah. Because, I mean, we got married, lap moved into the infantry, SOI, pre-deployment workup, had a baby, deployed. deployed. <laughs> pre-deployment training, deployed. It was wild. You know, well, and, and during his pre-deployment training, I also ended up having to have a surgery on my leg. And yeah. so he had to, because we had zero family in the area, um because the surgery I was having was going to put me under, like they had to have, you know, someone who, who could take care of me. And, um, so, so he left pre-deployment training early to be home with me while, you know, I was having surgery. And then 
then you deploy, mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> I, you know, completely packed up the apartment and um, went back home to live with my parents while you were deployed, and um, which I, I'm so thankful for. You know, I had the most support during that time, and um, you know, it was interesting though, like moving back in with my parents after having gotten married, had a baby, you know, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, um, that's. <laughs> you know that's, that's never easy yeah. that's never easy to have to go back to that but um but we don't have to go into all of those details and stuff but then um then you got back from afghanistan in july 1st J- yep uh, july 1st 2011 yeah and you know honestly um i remember literally from the moment you know the, the buses came through and um you know, we were reunited and I instantly, I instantly knew something had changed, you know, and, and, and not, not between us, just, um, I knew I was like, this isn't my husband changed. Like, this is not the man that I married. And, and, um, and, and it's, and it was solely because of just what he had experienced, you know, in Afghanistan and it was like i instant like that that first night together it was like it was there was just i just remember this just sense of darkness mm-hmm. and um and and honestly suddenly finding myself like almost panicked because i was like i i don't know what to do yeah like and, and it's not that i wasn't it's not that i wasn't aware that it was going to you know, it's not that I wasn't aware of PTSD or, um, or that there was going to be a change. It's just one of those things you're just not ready for. Like it, no amount of preparing can. Yeah. I mean, cause you, it, it's an exciting time. You come home, you reunite, you reunite with your family and emotions are extremely high in a good way. Yeah. And then eventually those emotions are going to come down. And it's and, like all of a sudden, like reality hits, like life yeah, hits, and, and and you start, and all of a sudden something happens, and I react differently and more aggressively, or whatever, and you know that's not how I normally would have reacted, and you know it was just it was it, it was obviously stressful, yeah, trying to figure out. And I was even trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah. Because I refused to admit that I was affected. I was basically like, oh, I'm good. Hand yeah. me another hand me another beer. Like, I'll, I'll be fine. And well, then... and, and that was another thing. It was like, um, you know, before, before he had left, um, you know, he and I, we would just like drink wine you know, but you just never really cared for beer. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, so that was new too. It was like all of a sudden, you know, and he was willing to drink beer and wanting to drink beer. And, and I was just like, what? Like, you know, I thought we were wine drinkers, not, yeah. <laughs> not beer drinkers. And, and, um, uh, and I'll, and just liquor. Just, like I just yeah. wanted to just every night I needed something to help calm me down you know, or help you know, unwind. And yeah. It was, and, and, you know, and it went was... from enjoying it and having fun with it to needing it. Right. And, yeah. um, oh, and another thing, and, and honestly, like, not only was he struggling with like PTSD and stuff, but, um, there was so much life change because 
while Evan was deployed, I purchased our first house. Yep. Um, while he was deployed. So when he came home, you know, like when you came home, you weren't even coming home to a familiar place. Mm-hmm. Like came home to our first house that, that I had been living in for months before you came home. And so, you know, we ended up having our first time together since your deployment in a brand new home, a place that you had never been in before. And, um, (laughs) you know, and so, so looking back, I'm like, oh my word, I can only imagine. And you think that that would be like a weird, like hard time. And, and it was different for me. It was like, it was, I was obviously not accustomed to, you know, where it was or being, you know, and, I had been with my son, you know, but like it was different now that he was older and it was, you know, he was, yeah, he was there now before he was just like this tiny little infant that didn't really yeah. do anything. Now he's like a year old well, or and close to it. No, he was, well, and, and he, um, and, and our son, just like our life, our oldest son was like, was super fast at everything. He was walking by nine months old. So he was yeah. already walking. Yeah. You know, by the time Evan came home and he was walking by nine months old, talking by a year old, talking in complete sentences by 18 months. So, I mean, this child has been in fast track mode, like our oldest has been in fast track mode. ever since. I mean, it just fits fits the narrative, you know, yeah. <laughs> of our story. But um, so like he came home, left where when brand new baby yeah left in an apartment with a brand new baby came home to a nine month old who's walking in in a house that you'd never that been, never in, been before. in before <laughs> so i mean and and you think that that would be like really hard but to me it was almost like i didn't care because i was just glad to be home yeah um but it was still there's still so much that i had to, i mean it's just well honestly, every little thing was it, new and different and yeah yeah and, 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 and you don't realize how much that affects you subconsciously in the yeah. moment, you know, and, um, you know, but it was like that first night together. I mean, I experienced his night terrors just from the very first night. And, and I just remember just being like, oh my goodness, like, what are we dealing with? What is going on? And, um, now granted, I, I mean, some of your, <laughs> night moments so were pretty, hilarious pretty comical <laughs> the little people <laughs> yeah there's little people and then there was <laughs> it is weird i don't know i wasn't obviously i wasn't even there so, i mean i was i was the one providing all the entertainment but uh oh my word i have no memory of this but so. there were there were <clears throat> nights there were nights that he would immediately shoot up in bed and start shouting commands and the one night like he he shot up, was shouting commands and just flinging his arms. And so, and I literally jumped up and I rolled out of bed and I like was on the floor, just like peeking up over the mattress. Cause I was just like, I'm going to get whacked. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, um, but then over time, let's see, then our, um, well then, then we decided that we wanted to try again for another, um, another baby and um and then i carried um our second son Mm -hmm. andrew joseph um carried him to 
I honestly don't remember because in your other episode you said 19 weeks and I thought it was 17 weeks. So, and I think he was, we discovered at 19 weeks that he was no longer alive, but they think he had passed away a little bit earlier on. Weeks. Um, but yeah, it was, so, you know, we were about halfway through this pregnancy yeah. and we're planning on a second baby. We'd done, we'd done the announcement. We had done, we were planning, you know, his bedroom, baby shower, all of that yeah. stuff. And, and then, you know, um, we, we go in for a regular routine appointment and there's no heartbeat. Yeah. And then, you know, the nurse goes and she, you know, and you always see it in movies when the nurse is like, I'm, I'm going to go get the doctor real quick. And in the movie, you're like, oh, that's not good. When it happens in real life, you're like, oh, well, that's, that can't be what that means. You know, and then doctor comes in not uh, you may have been in denial but then i was like oh no yeah and i I just (laughs) i think i had a little bit of hope and i just kind of started praying um but you know the doctor came in and was like well we're not finding a heartbeat and they they did some more they did an ultrasound yeah they did they didn't yeah they did an ultrasound and i mean and he was as still as could be i mean there there was zero movement and um And, you know, then the doctor starts crying and she looks at me and she's just, I'm so sorry. And, and I'm just like, what is this even like, what's going on? Like, where do we go from here? And then, you know, they said, we're gonna have to admit you. And I'm like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? And and they said, well, you're too far along. Um, so you have to deliver. And, and I just remember my whole world just shattering at that point because it's like wait not only are you telling me my baby's not alive but you're telling me that i still have to deliver him and um so background to what i'm doing at this like during this time i was an instructor i was going through the marine combat instructor school they had just changed the name from marine combat instructor course to marine combat instructor school because whatever i don't know why they do that but someone had to come up with a new acronym because it sounded better so i was in that and i had just graduated or I was about to no I had just graduated I want to say days before and I was it was actually I want to say it was like the that Friday I think I had graduated because I hadn't even reported to my unit yet uh to the the battalion that or the company that I was going to be serving with and because I I called my unit and I told them what happened and they're like okay we're going to put you on emergency leave you know just stay there do what you need to do we'll take care of it and I got um, I got a call from my battalion commander, and he said, "Hey, however much time you need, you can take it. Like you can." Uh, oh wait, no, no, no! I was still in the middle of the class. You were still in the middle. Yeah, you yeah. hadn't graduated. No, yet. I was in the class. Yeah, because you were in the class. He came to me and said, "We can push you back to the next class if you want, and then you can spend some time, you know, more time at home." And I was like, "I, I, I don't want to do that." Like, I want to just get through this because I don't want to have to go through it again. And I, to be honest, I didn't want to be at home all that much because I was afraid that I would, you know, get stuck in my thoughts and just be at home and not, I wouldn't be busy enough. I'd be bored and I would be thinking too much. So I was afraid of that. So I was like, well, no, I want to stay. So I did, which I don't know if that was the right decision or not, Um, you know, for my family's sake, you know, Lydia's sake and our, our son. But so I came back from Afghanistan in July, went to squad leaders course until like December, went into 
Marine Combat Instructor School in January. So all this is going on. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just wild. It's, and then, you know, and then then, we lost Andrew in February. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the, you know, so then we delivered him and, you know, got to hold him and, um, and then we came home and, and, and I feel like that was the start of the tipping point for me, you know, mentally. And I started struggling, you know, just really struggling with, with the loss and everything. And, um, and then, but then we got pregnant again. Yep. Um, and, um, I want to say we, we, we got pregnant and then lost that baby. That was really early That was on. a super early one. Yeah. And then got pregnant again. And, um, then we thought we were losing that baby came to find out I was pregnant with twins Yeah, <laughs> and we lost one of them. Um, again, really early on, again, early even, on, didn't even but, know she was but, you know, pregnant, but. but we knew it was twins because, you know, when they did the ultrasound, they're two separate sacks and all of that stuff. And, um, anyway, so, so all of this is, you know, so then I ended up being pregnant with our now second living son and, um, and so then, then you graduated from SOI in, while I was still pregnant in May. Yeah, from instructor school. Or in June, May. Yeah, May. because because uh, I remember my pictures of me pregnant. Yeah, with you. Yeah. Um, so the point of all, and again, we're sharing our stories so we can kind of just lay the foundation of who we are and what we've been through and what we've experienced, but also to someone who's not in the military, they they think like, well, why is it so hard to leave the military or why is it so difficult to be in the military or, you know, they may, they may just not understand all the stuff that's going on. Like I'm going to work at mm-hmm. five in the morning and I'm staying there until, you know, midnight on some days yeah. as an instructor in the, in the course, it wasn't as bad, but I'm still getting all this knowledge pounded into my head. And then I'm dealing with all this stuff at home. I'm dealing right. with a wife who is extremely, depressed over losing a baby and then we get pregnant and then we lose another baby and then I'm still having to go to work every day and you know train and learn how to train other infantrymen and then I'm coming home and dealing with you know my wife again who is taking care of our son but also dealing with a lot of other mental yeah issues struggles and then and just and and pregnancy mm-hmm. hormones i mean those are just oh my those aren't those oh aren't to, uh, you know anything to shake a stick at either <laughs> especially what oh my word so it's like she's pregnant and all the hormones come and then she loses the baby and then it's like the hormones go berserk yeah then she gets pregnant again which we we were told not to that quickly we did not intend to we did not intend to so anyway <laughs> hormones go ballistic again yep then we, you know, we lost that one early on. So the hormones that she, well, and would, then, the, the... you know, then, then our second son, you know, because he was a twin, you mm-hmm. know, then there's like double the amount of hormones. Yeah. And then, you know, so my, my body is just like going wild and, um, like with all the hormones and everything. And, um, oh, and to, to backtrack to like him becoming an instructor, like I'll never forget that all the new instructors, they called all of the wives in and um, they had a spouse meeting. 
and um, they wanted, it was essentially a buckle up, <laughs> buckle up for what this is about to be. Yeah. This is not an easy ride. And um, I mean, talk about like freaking us all out because um, they essentially get in there and I'm like, you know, the, get some, some, one of the commanders in there, you know, with like zero empathy at all, you know? Yeah. And he just comes in and he's like, basically just count on this being a four year long deployment or was it three years? Three years. Three year long deployment. Yeah. And he was like, you will essentially almost never see your husband. Yeah. Like they're going to come to work before you're awake, come back after you're in bed and you'll never see them basically is what, and, is what and, they and, said. And they'll and, be, you know. and, and they will be perpetually exhausted. That's what they told us. And, and then they go on to tell us, Oh, by the way, um, Marine SOI instructor, um, marriages have the highest divorce rate in all of the military. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, wow. Thank you for yeah. the wonderful, encouraging yeah. chat. Yeah. Well, on, a, on that happy note, I'm going to go home and <laughs> that encouraging note. cry myself to sleep. <laughs> so, so, so I'm being told this when I am very pregnant with our, you know, second living son. And I'm like, what? Oh, okay. So I'm basically with, with, Everything that we had just experienced, I'm now being told that my only support system, like my my only emotional support system, and and because we again no family, um, and I was still, you know, I was still in the throes of like trying to make friends because our life had been going at such a rapid pace that I had zero time to meet people, make friends. Yeah, <laughs> like I just. Well, you know, and I was, I had just left 3-9, which was a provisional battalion that wasn't even a, a standing battalion. It was only brought up because of the, 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 um, oh my word, the surge, uh, that yeah. they, when they pushed into Afghanistan, the, the kind of, you know, after the, the surge in Iraq, then there was the surge in Afghanistan. <clears throat> so they stood 3-9 up and I went with them and all that stuff, but I, that to say, I left that unit shortly after I got back from deployment. I went to, you know, squad leaders course and then I left that unit. So there was no like stability. Yeah, there like, was no, no, there no was absolutely no stability in our lives. And, you know, that's, that's one thing that I want people that aren't in the military or people that, um, haven't experienced it to understand. Like, it's just, there's no stability because honestly like and it all could have changed at any time mm -hmm. they could have been like oh by the way uh north korea just invaded just south kidding. korea and you're getting deployed uh five minutes ago so tell your wife bye because you're probably never going to see her again because you know we're going into world war three so there's always that underlying tension and underlying uncertainty of yeah. we don't know what's going to happen next well i mean you know to interject and and even share you know a little bit of my brother's story recently so my brother is in the army he's former marines and then switched over into the army um you know because it, it's funny he got out of the marine corps and then he's like oh man i miss it and then <laughs> so then he ends up um ends up deciding to go into the army and um, so he's married and has kids and stuff. And they recently just got um, orders to Germany. And so 
They literally got into Germany two months ago, are still waiting on their ho their home goods, still waiting on their household goods. Mm -hmm. And um, he just got word that their unit that literally has not deployed ever from Germany in 13 years, and he just got word that they're deploying. So like, so this isn't, so our story is not a unique story. No. Like this happens all the time, you know, and, and a lot of people in, um, you know, who are not in the military, they're just like, well, at least you get a stable paycheck. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. What like do you it, do? And, like, and, and, I, and let's be real for a minute. When I was deployed in Afghanistan, they talked about not paying us, uh, because they had the, um, the budget couldn't oh, pass. Oh, so I all the wives yep. got calls from all the other wives being like, we're not going to get paid. We're going to get paid. And then everyone <laughs> yeah. was freaking out. And then we start getting calls, you know, in Afghanistan, which I mean, we don't really get calls. We, yeah, we, you... we, we got calls from people who received the calls and then radio yeah. calls. And radio like, hey, calls. <laughs> call your wife because she's blown up the battalion phone for the last three days. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But anyway, it's it's not as certain as people think. And it's no. not. There's no, there's stability as in there's job security is like you're not just going to get fired and like not have a job tomorrow. Like that can happen in the civilian world. I get that. That's like I, I feel that. Um, but it's definitely a lot of uncertainty and a lot of stress. And that's one thing that just wears on veterans and their families yeah. or not veteran military members and their families while they're in. But then you've got when they go to get out, they, that stress kind of, it follows them. So the stress that, you know, we deal with, you end up developing these coping mechanisms which again are not necessarily healthy because you're kind of in survival mode where you're just like i'm gonna go to work i'm gonna come home mm -hmm. i'm gonna get through this week and then this weekend i'll be able to relax a little bit but on the weekend now you have to take care of everything you couldn't take care of during the week and your wife is like well we got to spend time together we got to spend time with the kids and i'm like right i got to do all these chores around the house i got to spend time with the kids i got to spend time with my wife uh, and oh, and by the way, point, yeah, at some, some point. point I have to sleep. And by the way, one of these weekends I have duty and I got to yes. go after oh, I've worked all word. week. Now I got to go stand staff yeah. duty at the, at the barracks and be gone another 24 hours. So it's just, it's a lot. Uh, and, and again, we don't say these things to discourage people from doing it. That's, I would never change having done it. I would never, right. if I had the option, I would go, I would do it again. Uh, and I would, I would love every minute of it just, and there were days that I hated it, but there's days that I hate my life now. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't matter where you are. You're going to hate something. Well, and I don't know. I mean, you say if you had the option, you would do it again. I don't know if you would though. I mean, cause you've gotten a little wiser. Cause even you say, you're just like, yeah, I could never do that again. <laughs> well, I think that also has to do with the fact that I'm almost 36 and my body is not what it used to An be old man yeah like I, I just feel waking up now like before it was like i just got up and went and it was fine you know so i think if i went if i was ever had you know able to go back and be 18 19 again i would probably i would do it again yeah there's yeah. no way i wouldn't yeah. just my personality and like i was joining oh, the military sure. one way or the other and i was gonna do all these things 
Well, and I would go back to marrying a military guy again. Yeah. You know, I would do it again. I would yeah. do it. I would do it. Yeah. You know, and honestly, even after, even after all, everything we've been through, it's like, I honestly, and I'm going to be cliche, I mean, cliche and cheesy. Honestly, if I knew I was going to be doing it with you, I would do it all over again. Yeah. Seriously. Um, yep. And, you know, yeah, you can all be, oh, oh. <laughs> Cue the cue the little the, the, the crowd. But it's it's seriously so true. It it, yeah. it is true, and um, because I I can't even fathom living the life that we've lived with anybody else. Yeah. And um, so so just you know, there's constant instability, and um, you know, so there was that, and then we had our second son. Um. Yep. And then. <laughs> And then, uh... and then, and then you were, you were, were you in Arizona or were you in the field training or something? I was in the field. I know exactly where I was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was in the field and had very poor cell phone reception and Lydia calls me and she's like, I need about, and I'm like, and I'm, I am, I'm so done with life at this point. Cause it's like a hundred degrees outside <laughs> I'm soaking wet in full gear. I've been outside all day. I'm surviving on probably three monsters and a bag of beef jerky. <laughs> and I'm walking down the range and I was like, I'm done. I, I was like, call, I was like, Hey, text me. And I hung up. Cause I was like, I cannot handle this choppy signal. It was, it was, it was a silly thing, but I, that just shows how short my fuse was. I was like, I cannot do this. I was like, text me. And I hung up. She was trying to tell me she was pregnant. <laughs> Three months postpartum. I was three months, or was it four months? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It was so they were they were one month shy of being Irish twins. Yeah. So it was like three. Oh no no, no. I was I was four months postpartum, but he came um he came early. Yeah. Um. So he, they would have so been Irish. They twins. They would have been Irish twins. If you don't know what Irish twins are, it means two babies that are born within twelve months of each other. Each other. Yeah. Our kids were born 13, 13, 13 months. months. So <laughs> they were a month shy of being Irish twins. So we had major life change. Number you know number eighty seven thousand <laughs> uh, right there. So I felt like a total heel, and I about felt because I actually remember we were walking up the range to the ammo table, and I was sitting there next to one of my friends, and I read the text, and I about fell off the ammo table. And he started cracking up and laughing, and then he gave me a big hug, and I was like, I guess, hey, we're happy. <laughs> so it and was, I'm like bawling yeah. my eyes. I because I was just with everything we were going through, with everything that we had dealt with, and I was like, oh my gosh, I am pregnant again. Just throw another Let's wrench just in throw the machine one more here. thing, and so, and I remember, you know, honestly, that was. That was when I started spiraling, I feel like, um, because um, I started struggling with perinatal depression, which is, um, you know, you hear of postpartum depression. Well, perinatal depression is when it's like postpartum depression, but while you're pregnant. And, um, and it just, it hit me hard because here I was trying to juggle two babies and our oldest our oldest was a wild child. I mean, from the moment he was born, he was a wild <laughs> child. But he was a wild child. He was not easy to raise. 
And um, he is not easy to raise. <laughs> yeah, he's still not easy. <laughs> he's almost 13 and he's still not easy to raise. Uh. Oh, sweetest kid, though. Sweet as can be. And, um, but when he wants to be. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's downstairs holding our he's uh, downstairs, yes, he's, infant son right now. Yes. And, so. um, and anyway, so I'm, you know, I'm immediately in the throes of. Oh my word, I'm pregnant with our third child and um I don't know what to do. I literally just had our second and I and we're in a, a moment of life where I never see my husband and I just I cried a lot and then until I couldn't cry anymore and then I was just depressed. <laughs> um and then we had we had our third son, another boy. And, um, and after he was born, you know, then postpartum depression hit me so hard. Yeah. So hard. Um, and honestly, I battled, um, I battled with, um, a borderline postpartum psychosis. Like that's, that's how badly I battled with, um, postpartum depression. And, um, and, and the only reason I say borderline postpartum psychosis is because, you know, now knowing what that is, I look back to that time and I'm like, oh my word. Like I, you know, I definitely exhibited a lot of the symptoms and, um, you know, and poor Evan, like my poor husband is in this season of life where he's not even home, you know, and he's watching me battle. Um, and that's another, you know, I, I wanted to, to, again, just highlight military men and women, you know, they, you don't have sick days yeah. where like, say your spouse is sick and you need to stay home and help them. You do, but if you take one, you're it like looks bad. Yeah. And then if you take two you're probably going to start getting nasty emails. And then, you know, it's like, it's such a, a culture thing where you just, you, if you have to work, you go to work. Like there's no excuse good enough, unless you are running a 112 degree fever and puking your toenails out. Uh, you better be, unless, unless that's happening, you better be there. Yeah. Uh, and even then you could probably still come if you're being honest with yourself, according to what they tell you. So I'm, realizing that I need to be home with my wife, you know, with Lydia and my kids, but I can't because I'm being pulled to my job where they're like, you have to be here. We need you. You, you know, you, you better not, not be here. And which I mean, and, and we understand like yeah. that was his job. And I, yeah, you again, know, and, and, but it's like, you know, realizing how much I was struggling. I mean, because I had severe anxiety, I, I couldn't, I, I like couldn't even leave the house, you know? And well, and then, then he gets told he has to leave for like a month long training or two months, month or two months, something like that. Yeah. And, and he panics because he's like, I cannot leave Lydia home alone, you know, yeah. with our three kids, you know, being in the state that she's in. And, um, and, and I don't know if it was necessarily that, I don't know if you were necessarily like afraid that I was going to do something to them. It was, I think you're, I don't know if you were just more afraid. I, I honestly, it, 
It was just a fear of not knowing. Fearing, fear of not knowing. What was going to happen. And, yeah. You know. And um, and I will say, in all of that time, in all of that time, that was like one, one instance of postpartum psychosis that I did not battle with. Like, was I, I, you know, I did not struggle. Like, I did not worry about harming our kids because um, I was very... Um, aware of that and like aware of um that being a struggle that people have so it was like I almost was like purposed in my mind that I was like I am not gonna let let you know that and 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 not to say that like it's easy to just purpose in your mind that you know that's not gonna be something you struggle with um you know but I but that was just I'm sure if he feared it that was one thing that I knew I in my heart and and honestly, I really think that was God. Like God, yeah. I really feel like God, um, you know, saved me a lot in all of that and, and helped me. But I, um, uh, it, it, it was, it was a hard time. And honestly, there's a lot through that time that I just don't even remember because I was in such a fog most of the time. But anyway, he was leaving for training and then he calls his mom and he says, mom, you've got to come down here. You have to be with Lydia. Um, yeah. And, um, and she came and I just remember he surprised me. I didn't know she was coming. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have had, to have had a wonderful relationship with my in-laws from the beginning. Um, and so he surprised me with her and she showed up and I just remember instantly just sobbing and I literally fell into her arms and I bawled and because I knew that Evan was leaving and I genuinely did not know how I was going to handle that. And when she showed up, I was like, okay, <laughs> I can breathe. And, um, but, but what ended up happening though, unfortunately is the whole time she was there, I barely remember any of it because, you know, it's kind of like when you know that, when you know that there is like safety and stability mm-hmm. It's like your body goes into a, um, I don't know, like into like a rest, not a restful. Um, yeah, it kind of is though. It's just, you're, you're kind of, um, letting things happen and you can finally rest a little bit. Cause I slept like the whole time she was there. I literally slept the whole time she was there. Your brain just, uh, slows down. I think a lot. I don't know what the technical term would be. If I was a doctor, I'm sure I could think of it, but I, I don't know. But it's like um, I went from I went from having to be in survival mode for so long to then finally being able to rest. But then, then she had to leave. And then when she did, you know, I continued to struggle. Um, and then... <laughs> uh, how many months later? Um, not too long after that... Yeah. We find out I'm pregnant again. Yep. Number four. <laughs> Number four. And here we are again. And Well, and I'm coming up on the end of my time um, at SOI, and they're starting to talk yep. about where I'm going to go, and they're asking me where I want to go and what I want to do. And um, uh, going to Japan came up as a possibility. Going to... Uh, 29 Palms was a possibility. Pendleton was a possibility. So all these different options. Yeah. 
Um, Hawaii was one. Obviously, it's all the different military bases for the Marine Corps. But I know um, it wasn't looking good for me staying on the East Coast because I had been East Coast in the Air Wing, East Coast in the Infantry, East Coast as an instructor. Eventually, they're going to send you to the West Coast or yeah, Hawaii or, or overseas. somewhere else. So I was like, great, we're going to get sent to California. And sure enough, we did. We got sent to 29 Palms. And and I and I will say before okay, before that happened, while I was still pregnant with our with our fourth, our first daughter, um uh there was there was a woman that um in where where I grew up who she um was a therapist and she had actually been seeing a lot of my posts on Facebook and I would just post a lot of things just about um I was very transparent about my mental struggles you know, on Facebook with, you know, my friends and family and, you know, and and remember at that time, Facebook was, Facebook was genuinely more of a way of keeping in touch with your close friends and family. And so (laughs) now now it's just a place for memes. (laughs) (laughs) And so, so I like, you know, I was very transparent about my mental struggles and she was seeing my posts and she reached out to me and she's like, Lydia, like, Uh, let me help you. And she offered to do an intensive therapy, um, therapy sessions with me for like two or three weeks. I want to say three weeks. Yeah. And, um, but as long as I went up to Pennsylvania, um, and literally like would meet with me every single day. Um, and, um, except for like Tuesdays and Thursdays or something. And she like met with me Monday, Wednesday, Friday or something. And so I talked to Evan and told him about, about this and she was willing to do it mostly pro bono. And, um, and he said, go like, I mean, do it. I mean, and, and you have to know Evan to understand how much of a sacrifice that had to have been because he is such a family man that me being gone, you know, for a couple weeks, like, I don't do well on my own. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, and so you knew, like, you knew how bad I was struggling for him to say, just go do it. You need it. You need this help. And so I drove up to Pennsylvania by myself with our three boys, um, and pregnant with our daughter and, um, and then went through the therapy. And honestly, that was like one of the absolute best things I could have ever done. It was hard. It was painful. But we dealt with a lot. And honestly, you know, we dealt with a lot of um, a lot of things that had happened in my childhood that come to find out that was the main root of my struggle and was it essentially had subconsciously come up and my, that's how my body was dealing with it. And yes, I, yes, I was going with through postpartum, but it was more my postpartum, um, struggles were amplifying. Yeah. It was amplifying you know, the underlying, the problem, underlying, the underlying issue is such a perfect example of, you know, finding what's actually wrong and treating it rather than treating the symptoms. Cause Everybody thought the postpartum depression was the problem. Yeah. It was not the problem. It was actually this trauma that had happened earlier on in her life. And the postpartum depression was a symptom and it was making it worse. And they were trying to treat the symptoms, which is exactly what the VA does, which is exactly what most doctors do. They throw pills at the symptoms 
and they get the symptoms to go away and they think they've solved the problem. And that's not the case. They're not solving, you know, the problem. It's like, it's like spraying the top of a fire. Like you, you hit the top of the flames. Okay. Well you got those, the top of the flames to go away, but it's still smoldering and burning underneath. Like it, you didn't actually stop it. You just made it look like it's gone, but it's still there. And as soon as you leave, it's going to come back. And that's the problem that a lot of uh, military members and veterans and a lot of people in general, but especially veterans deal with is just the treatment of symptoms. And they just keep throwing medicine and pills and whatever else at the symptoms rather than trying to buckle down and find the root cause. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, I think that's a a good place to stop for our uh, part one of our pre-transition story. And so um, come back next week and you'll hear part two. And we hope you will join us and we hope you've enjoyed this so far. Hey everyone, we hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to hear more content like this, don't forget to subscribe. And please leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. Love you guys.